1: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey
0: everybody, welcome to Netflix Life, the streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm Bryce Olin and I'm joined by my co-host Cody Schultz. There's so many Netflix shows coming in February 2022. It's pretty much safe to say at this point that the January list was quite underwhelming aside from Ozark and a few other shows. Um, February is definitely not underwhelming. It's going to be a great month. Um, I'm going to kick it over to Cody, and he's going to share the list of all the Netflix shows that we know so far um, that are coming in February 2022. Cody, you ready?
1: I'm ready. I'm like, take a deep breath, because it's a, it's a nice long list this month, which I think is exciting just to see. Like you said, January, we had some solid you know entries into the list there, but overall, nothing too, too big. And I feel like that's definitely going to change in February. So looking ahead, here's a quick recap of everything coming in February 2022. We've got new seasons of Back to 15, The Business Proposal, Cat Burglar, Dark Desire Season 2, Devotion, A Story of Love and Desire, Disenchantment Part 4, Finding Ola, Fishbowl Wives, Forecasting Love and Weather, Inventing Anna Season 1, Juvenile Justice, Love is Blind Japan, Love is Blind Season 2, um, Love, Life, and Everything in Between, Murderville Season 1, Raising Dion Season 2, Space Force Season 2, Swap Shop Season 2, Sweet Magnolia Season 2, Toy Boy Season 2, 2521, Until Life Do Us Part, Vikings Van Hala, and Young, young Wallander Killer Shadow, um, which I believe is also a Season 2. So a lot of Season 2 there. Um, I also feel like every time I've watched the award show announcements and I like judge the host for like reading the names, I'm like, okay, I feel you now after going through that <laughs> list. Like, I felt like somewhat robotic just like reading through. Um, because it really is a long list this month. Like, there's so many big shows coming, Um, and I know we just went through the full list, but I know now we're going to kind of pivot into breaking out some of the highlights that we're really looking forward to, Um, which I feel like we can just kind of kick things off. Right at the beginning of the month, we've got Raising Dion season two drops February 1st. It's been a while between, you know, since season one dropped, and so I feel like this is one that I'll be curious to see how it does just because we did see that break, but it's already gaining buzz. I know fans are excited. I'm excited to see where we go in season two. How about you?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely excited for this one. I can't remember when the first season dropped. I want to say like fall 2019, which, wow, it might even be earlier than that. But yeah, it's been a long time. I Obviously, the pandemic kind of threw a wrench into the gears with production and everything. And I feel like that this one was just going to take a while anyway. I don't know if they necessarily... Um, had that season two plan in place before uh, moving like into production and all of that. Like, you know, some shows Netflix keeps the writer's room together. I don't know if that happened here, but I mean, it's a, it's, if you like superhero shows, I feel like you can't really go wrong with this one. There's, I mean, it Dion's awesome. I can't remember what the mom's name is, but Th- that dynamic is really cool to see. And it's one that we don't really see in a lot of like superhero dramas. Like it, it kind of finds that balance that like, you know, Marvel leans a little bit more on like the comedy side where like DC has gone a little bit darker in the past. This one kind of tries to walk the line in between. And I really enjoyed the first season for sure. I'm definitely looking forward to this one.
1: Yeah, I agree. I can't think of anything else like to add to it. Cause I think you hit all of the bases and just are so right on how you described it. And so I think it's also interesting, you know, this will be like the first big release kicking off the month. Um, And there's, it's a busy start to the month because then a couple of days later on February 3rd, we've got Murderville, which is a new series starring Will Arnett. And it's very, (laughs) I'm very curious to see what this is because part of the thing is like he's solving cases and each episode has a guest star, but they're improv-ing their lines. And I'm like, this sounds in theory, like it could be an absolute disaster Or it could be really, really fun. And I'm like, where is it going to land in the mix here?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I can't place it either. It seems a little bit different. I know that, you know, when like a lot of a lot of these shows do a lot of, you know, improv and stuff like that to try and get the best or like funniest or just a different take to shoot something different. So they're not just literally just like going through the same lines like 20 times with a different camera angles. Like it, that has to be in a comedy saying the same punchline over and over again, probably feels very dumb. So doing it like this, uh, <laughs> is going to be really interesting. It like, I kind of hate it. Like, uh, like as you described it with like the other person doesn't know what they're going in and what they're going to say. But you know, if you pick the right people who know how to improv, like this could also be really, really funny. And problem i guess is like i wish i like this idea for a show if it were like only murder like only murders in the building style like that was so good to me and i love any type of like let's solve this murder um especially when there's like a fun aspect to that and so i was hoping that it would be something more like tonally similar to that but i don't know i'm like I'll give it a chance for sure. But this might be one that's like a turn off in like five minutes type of show. Honestly.
1: I'm very curious to me. Like when I first read the like information about the show, all I could think about was like, is this going to be basically like a 30 ish minute SNL skit kind of deal? Like, and I'm like, if it is that, will they record? Like if, you know, will Arnett or anyone who's not improving, like if they break character, will that have gotten cut out or will it actually be used in the show? Because to be honest, half the time, like, when I watch SNL lately, like, some of the most funny moments that I talk about are when the actors, you know, break sketch and, like, they, like, start laughing and, like, they're getting, you know, they're finding the materials funny and so they're, like, trying to contain their laughter and then it's just, it makes it funnier for me as a viewer and I'm like, are is that the tone they're gonna go for or, like, are is it unscripted but scripted in the same way? Like, do they do cuts to make sure that the person doesn't, like, break character and all that? And so... I'm very curious to see, like, when we get our first, like, trailer and all that for this one, what exactly the tone might be.
0: Yeah, I mean, say, I love, like, I don't know, I could get lost for, like, hours watching, like, The Office blooper reels where, like, John Krasinski, like, can't get the, like, can't do a scene with Steve Carell because he just keeps laughing in the background and, like, has to put his hand over his mouth, that kind of stuff. Like, I love that, but... It's just like a show based around a blooper reel is like, I don't know. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. And like the thing about that, I like the SNL sketches that are short. It's like it's good that they're short if they drag those things on for 30 minutes. Who knows what that would end up being like? Would it really drag like that? Or I don't know. This one is like a wild card. It could go really either way. I have a feeling, though, that it's going to get just ripped to shreds. (laughs) on the internet.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a fair place to just like end this one and pivot into <laughs> yeah. one that I think is going to probably be the the hit of the month, which is Sweet Magnolia Season 2 drops February 4th. It's been a while since we saw the first season that dropped in May of 2020. Um so it's been, you know, a longer than normal hiatus season just because the production pauses and all that. Mm-hmm. Finally getting this new season. Just got the trailer, you know, last week and everyone's buzzing about that. I just feel like this is one that's going to be the biggest show of the month. Um, There could be, you know, a couple in there, maybe sleepers. But I feel like Sweet Magnolias itself is a sleeper. Like when you're talking about like Bridgerton, Virgin River, this is a show that doesn't always get immediately talked about in that same circle. Um, And I feel like this is one, I mean, I've seen this the second season and it's really, really good. Um, I know fans are going to love it. And so I'm, I'm excited to see the reactions now when they finally start watching.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I didn't. I was late to this one. I definitely didn't watch in May when it came out. But I know that it got more popular over time. And like, if you just look at like what people are talking about on Twitter, um, and stuff like that, I know that maybe more Facebook. Um, but <laughs> the the people are really excited about this one. And so I, you know, getting it early in the month with Valentine's Day coming up, I feel like this will be a huge hit that first weekend. I feel like everyone. Like we'll watch like the diehard fans are going to watch that weekend. And then I would imagine, you know, when people see that it's number one, they'll go like, okay, what is this? You know, and then tune in if they haven't seen the first season and then just get on board because everyone loves a little bit of drama. And this show has a lot of it. So I'm with I'm with you there, too. Um, You said you've seen the season. Are you. Do you stand by that? It's, It's a can't miss can't miss season two.
1: Oh, I agree. I, it's so hard, like, not to spoil <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, don't say anything.
0: But just this, yes this or no. The season
1: it'll keep you on your toes. It's got everything you want. and More. Um, it's definitely one that I was disappointed. It was only ten episodes. Because after watching the, the final episode of the season, I'm like, I need more. Like now, like it just really is a good show. Um, and I think the other thing too about this one is, it is you know it slates towards you know the romance stuff, but it's just a, one of those feel good dramas. Um, a lot of just really good family storylines there. And that continues again in season two. And it's just like one of those shows, like even now, like you you can use a break from like all the drama and chaos in the world. And this is one of those shows kind of, it reminds me a little bit of like the Gilmore girls, Um, like just the lighter show. You can kind of go into take a break from the real world and just enjoy Not that there's not drama. Of course, there's gotta be a little bit of the drama. Mm -hmm. That's what makes things interesting. These are the sweet magnolias and just kind of seeing how they pull together. Um, but it just really is a feel-good show. Like, as I watched the season, um, it just want like, oh, I miss this show so much. Like, I hadn't realized how much I missed having new episodes to enjoy. And so I feel like this definitely is going to be a hit of the the month. And then kind of pivoting in, like, we have a, a break after the three busy days mm-hmm. um, when we've got Disenchantment Part 4 coming February 9th. And I feel like this is the surprise one. We didn't really see it coming in February it just was like surprise here's the new you know episodes coming
0: yeah I do not have it on my list of you know potentials but then I look back and I I've always thought of the show as like a summer fall show and then I realized that I think that last year 2020 they held I think they or wait let me do the math yeah, 2020, I think that they held it in the fall until January last year, and so that was, I was kind of off on my, like, just expectations that I thought that it was kind of that summer-fall vibe, but uh, yeah, so I, we really should, we probably should have seen it coming, because it's been a year, I think, January, February, um, since the last season, or last part premiered, or whatever, I don't watch this show, so I don't really know, but I know that it has a kind of loyal following, so yay
1: (laughs) yeah and it's one of those ones that's i think it's probably going to be the biggest like of the adult animation one i know we have some other like animated series coming in the month uh, but i think that'll definitely help which speaking of like being an only like genre program of the month i feel like love is blind is like the natural one to talk about next comes february 11th i should say it's not the full season they are doing weekly releases this year um, I think we'd have three weeks of episodes, so they will do a couple on the 11th, a couple more the week after, and then the finale um, two weeks after season, you know, the season premiere drops on February 11th. We also have Love is Blind Japan coming February 8th, so they're kind of giving fans plenty, like, after the drought there of, like, having to wait so long between seasons, you've got a new season of Love is Blind coming, but then you can also enjoy the Japanese version as well if you need, like, that extra filler to fit, you know, fit in while you're waiting. This one dropping right before Valentine's Day, I feel like just sets it up to be maybe even bigger than season one was. Yeah, um, Like you said, though, it'll be interesting, I think, just to see the drama unfold, like what exactly comes of it.
0: I think, so you said Sweet Magnolia season two will probably be the biggest. I'm with you there. I think that this one also might have, it has potential. It'll be interesting because we haven't really seen what is it like the circle season two was probably bigger than season one. I don't know if too hot to handle season two was bigger than season one, but it's probably close. But like of the Netflix reality shows, this was the biggest of the three or four, you know, that they've really like of the dating variety and it hasn't been too long. Do people care anymore? Are they out? It was a very interestingly timed release last time. Cause it was like the, so, I think it premiered in f- around February 2020. And then, you know, we all know what happened in March 2020. And I feel like there was a lot of holdovers that were like, there's literally nothing to do. What's on Netflix? This is the number one show. It's getting... It was so popular. We saw the similar bump with, like, Tiger King. And then Tiger King Season 2 was, like, a huge flop, I think. We can agree. Um, so, it Will Love Is Blind Season 2, you know, live up to the hype. I... It's going to be close, I think. I don't know if it's really going to be as big as everyone thinks it will be, but I don't know. What about you?
1: I, I have to say, I like lost my train of thought there just when we started talking about 2020 again. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, All sorry. I could think of was the, the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, and I'm like, we need someone needs to do a spin on We Don't Talk About 2020. <laughs> I won't attempt to sing that yeah. any at any point here in this podcast, but it is one of those weird things of when we had that break, there were so many shows that dropped in 2020 that kind of... It's hard to balance, like, would they have been a hit if they hadn't dropped in that year because it was like everyone was looking for stuff in that. And I feel like they do have the benefit with Love is Blind Season 2 of that. We've got a season of The Bachelor going right now, but fans mm-hmm. aren't quite invested in there. There's a lot of, like, just, I don't even know the right, the, the nice way to say, like, fans just aren't really buying in this season. Um, so I feel like fans of that genre are looking for a good, like, dating show are going to, you know, move to love is blind once that season drops. Um, and I think it is going to be a big hit. I'll, I'll be surprised to see if it doesn't pass like the original season one numbers in terms Mm -hmm. of like viewing. We also, it's hard to compare because we have like new ways to look at the viewing metrics now. Right. Um, but I think this one's going to be a slam dunk for, for the, you know, the month of February. And it's kind of got that nice part of like the longevity of getting those new episodes weekly, which keeps people talking for longer throughout the month. So yeah, I think that definitely just plays in its favor. Um, Another show dropping the same day um, on February 11th is Inventing Anna Season 1. This is another show from Shonda Rhimes and Shondaland's production banner. Um, I'm curious to see, like, could this one keep her, like, record going of, like, having smash hits and all that? I feel like there's buzz, but not as much buzz, like, if that makes sense. Like, people were talking about this one, but I don't feel like enough people are talking about it yet.
0: Yeah, I think... So it's really interesting. So the other like other than the Shonda Rhimes thing, which is like yeah, she doesn't miss when it comes to TV shows. Um the Julia Garner who plays Ruth in Ozark um stars as Anna, I believe it's Delvey who's basically a con woman with a very interesting accent. Very interesting choice <laughs> after seeing the trailer, I'm feel very like confused. I think we could
1: spend a whole episode talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. her accent. <laughs>
0: I could not place it. I don't know much about the show. I do kind of want to go in blind um, to see, <laughs> to see, like, what, uh, like, I, I just don't want to form, like, read the whole story because it's based on, like, a, I think it was in, like, a magazine article, basically, like, an investigative report about this person. So, I kind of wanted to stay away from that and just kind of let the show be its own thing. And then I'll go back and revisit all the other stuff afterwards. I feel like that this, it has so much potential, you know, like to be, like you said, smash hit. I could see this being like an award season, darling, just based on who's involved. And anytime that you have Shonda Rhimes involved with a show like this, a mini series, and then someone as talented as like, Julia Garner who's already won, I think, two Emmys, maybe maybe Golden Globes too, thrown in there. I can't remember for playing Ruth in Ozark. Like, I don't know. It's just the potential for this one is kind of sky high, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree. This one's going to be an interesting one to watch. And I think this could be like if we had to pick from this list like a sleeper. I feel like this is that one that could be the sleeper hit of the month. Like it's it's got all the aspects that, uh, you know, a hit needs. It's just kind of like how are the audiences going to find it? Will it like, get that word of mouth and mm-hmm. kind of gain traction from there? And so I'll be curious to see. I've kind of done like you. I've avoided going too much and like reading into it um, just because I like doing that in general when it comes to like shows, even ones that are based on like books that I haven't read um, just because I feel like then you can't help but compare things. And so it's like if it's a show that I'm kind of interested in, I'll wait and read. It. And so I'm kind of in the right. same boat of like wait and see. So I hope we're going to be impressed. It's definitely one to watch this month. It's just going to be a matter of like, will it be a hit or miss? It's the, the TBD there.
0: Yeah, it reminds me kind of of um, the Queen's Gambit. Like, no one really saw that one coming. Although, if you were probably really tuned in to, like, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy, and then that whole creative team and their, like, successful stuff that they've done in the past. Like, it just seems like that, that if you're looking back, you're like, okay, I can see why that's a hit. Same with Inventing Anna. Like, when, if you don't know about it, you're probably going to be like, okay, what is this? And then they are going to be like, all right... When it's a hit, everyone will be like, "Okay, I can see why it's a hit kind of Does that make sense?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I feel like I feel like it's got it, it's just gonna be one to watch. And I think this next one is kind of one that we had that same like it had the same like inventing and a potential, but really polarized people, which is space force season two coming February eighteenth. They're doing like a soft reboot from season one, kind of taking what the audience listened to. I'm just, like, in that question of, like, is it too soon to write off the show, or has the ship already sailed, um, and is there no going back? I'm leaning towards Give It a Chance, mm-hmm. uh, just because I've seen shows struggle with the first season, do a creative revamp, and then kind of hit their stride. Because um, it had, like, we were excited about this one when it dropped. Yeah. I mean, the cast alone, Steve Carell, um, Lisa Kudrow's in the cast, there's just, a, you know, a lot of great people in there. It just didn't live up to the hype, and so I'm really hoping, taking all that feedback, they deliver you know an even stronger season. We kind of saw it with Emily in Paris, just kind of they listened to some of the crit- you know the critiques there about like the characters, you know the French characters. Why are they talking English when Emily's not even in the room, and why are they when she is in the room? And so they kind of did some creative tools, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed season two of that. Um, not that I, I mean, I enjoyed season one too. I wasn't one of the people <laughs> complaining, um, but I think Space Force has that potential.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, because so I l- really liked the beginning of the show, and I felt like, oh... I mean, I'm, I love The Office. I love Steve Carell. I love pretty much everyone associated with this cast, and I thought, how could this be a miss? And it wasn't necessary I mean, I think if you look at it and look at, like, probably how much they spent on the first season and, like, the expectations, you would say, okay, that wasn't as good as what we hoped it would be. But, like it just, it felt a little stale. Like the joke just can't be that the space force is a dumb thing that they can't believe it exists. So everything that happens is just dumb, but that's kind of like where it went a little bit. So I'm hoping they kind of start to like peel back the layers a little bit, like similar to, I mean the first season of the office, I don't think that you can really compare, but in that show they did have to kind of go back to the drawing board and go like, how can we I think I remember they had to make like Michael more likable like they, I think I can't remember what the book is called, but I read that and that was one of the things that it's been widely reported too they had to go and make changes for the office to like set up the like longevity like so, to make it successful over like a long span to make it so it could run for multiple seasons and it wasn't just like a miniseries. and space force I feel like has to do the same thing like you can only do, so many jokes about the Space Force before you have to, like, really, I don't know, like, peel back the layers on all of the characters. And they did that, but it just wasn't quite good enough, I feel like, in the first season. Um, I feel like that everyone involved with the series is so smart, and it's so, like, like... Uh, just from like the side of like the, the like really brilliant comedic minds i know jimmy o yang who starred in the first season is now it wasn't moved to the writer's room they moved production to vancouver to make it cheaper so it'll look different probably a little bit i don't know they they probably can do some cool stuff with the the cgi and all of that but it yeah it'll just be interesting to see like is it tonally is it going to be different i would love if they went more like I guess when I heard about it the first time, I've talked for so long now, but I thought it was going to be more, like, Office-style, like, really dry, depressing, like, but it, they went, like, the other way, and it was like, we're, they were, like, full NASA. And I was like, whoa, okay, like, this is what we're doing. Does that make sense to you? Did I did I ramble?
1: No, I completely, I know what you mean exactly, and I think that's what, like, the general audience, like, especially, like, people who were fans of his from The Office, like, kind of anticipate it this to be a little bit like that's what i think they hoped for and then it just had some missteps in there you know just across the season which like i said it isn't something that's unusual for season you know shows especially in their first season it's just always that like the first season is it's so important for a show's longevity just because so many people if they don't like the first season they tune out Mm -hmm. Uh, we kind of saw it too with like agents of shield i feel like it's a good example of They didn't really know what they wanted to be in season one, but then they started finding their footing as the seasons went by and became this really great show. And it's like the people who stuck around from day one got to enjoy this journey and see it grow into something, you know, incredible. But the people who backed out and were like, "Uh, I don't like where they're going with this first season and judged it only by that ended up missing what became like this incredible show because they tuned out before the show really had a chance to get its bearings, stop trying to do too much just to get a renewal and, you know, just kind of get into the characters. And so, I'm hoping, I feel like the fact that they renewed this one for a second season, like shows Netflix has, you know, they're not willing to write it off. They wanted to give it this chance. Um, so it's really going to just come down to what's the audience reception now. And I think if, if viewers give it a shot and they enjoy it, you know, we could be looking at this one going on for several more seasons.
0: Yeah, I agree. I guess the this next show, though, is... Uh... A little bit different journey. We know it's already renewed for, I think, three seasons. Technically not confirmed. But they've already finished t- production on first two seasons. And that's Vikings Valhalla. It's a spinoff of the original Vikings show, right? That was on the History Channel. But they're doing it a little bit differently.
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty sure this is the spinoff. I'm also thinking back. I think when I read off the like initial list, I might have said like Vikings Van Hale-a, like Kind oh. of combining the show with Van Haling. Um But... Yeah, it's a spinoff, and it's interesting to me that it moved to Netflix because, like you said, the first, the initial series was on history and was a huge hit for history. Um, I mean, of course, history kind of always had done more, like, documentary kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like this was one of their big first scripted shows, and so it's interesting to see, like, it continuing now on Netflix, which I think part of that is just the audience finding a home on Netflix. I believe, um, you know, that just set it up for success. I think this is one that could, you know, cap off the month on a really strong note. They're obviously like you said going all in on this, kind of what we saw. It reminds me of The Witcher a little bit in terms of like them betting mm-hmm. big. Um cuz I feel like we saw like The Witcher those early days like not to this extent of like filming multiple seasons already. Um but I feel like this one has that. When you look at this list, I know we've got Raising Dion, you know, it's kind of in the fantasy superheroes genre. Um Space Force, of course, you've got the comedy, you know, different there, but I feel like this Vikings one is kind of in its own niche this month, and so that's just going to set it up to kind of really hit the ground running, um, and it's coming at a good time, like, I feel like there's not any other big fantasy shows airing right now are expected to premiere around then, which can kind of give it that audience who's looking for something, I feel like this is going to be the show they see on Netflix, pop up in their, you know, new to Netflix, and be like, okay, I need to watch this
0: yeah i agree it reminds me a little bit of the last kingdom which is coming to an end after season five and then they're doing a movie now um on netflix but this kind of might be that bridge like to the the next season of the witcher and like this like it's not fantasy but it's not not fantasy it's like that period like history um fictional drama basically that you know, it pulls inspiration from real life, but I'm sure there'll be like some sort of magical elements that come into play that aren't really magic. You know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, I think that it's a good way to end the month and kind of bridge the gap between the next season of The Last Kingdom and the movie and all of that. And it has a really strong cast. I think Sam Corlett is going to lead the way. And a lot of... This will be one to watch for sure, how it plays out, because it kind of could do a lot for Netflix moving forward if they're going to keep making shows like this because they're usually pretty expensive and they have big casts and stuff like that um if this works what else can Netflix do from like the period drama fantasy like this era of life I guess pull to pull from
1: yeah and I think it kind of fills a void Netflix has right now Um, I mean, of course, we've got The Witcher. We've got, you know, Shadow and Bone, which are bigger fantasy. I always just kind of loop. I don't know why I put Vikings, just (laughs) not the show, but like Vikings in general as like characters and like the fantasy kind of elements. Kind of like right in there with like knights and all that kind of stuff. And so you don't always have to have magic, but just like that general thing, like medieval time period. Um, But I feel like this one has better odds too of like, I know we had Cursed. I feel like was the last time we saw Netflix trying to launch like a semi-medieval kind of set one. It didn't go quite as they, I think, hoped. Only got one season. This one, I feel like, has the potential to have that longer thing. You do have a built-in fan base, which helps. I'm sure anyone who watched Vikings is going to follow and watch this series. It's also, you know, setting up to where you didn't have to watch Vikings Mm -hmm. to understand this, which is always helpful for just new fans. Um, I know I'm someone like that. Like, when I watch a show and I'm like, oh, it's a spinoff of this. And I'm like, oh, do I need to go back and watch, like, five or six seasons of this show to understand this one? And I think that's the nice thing about this show is you don't have to. You can jump in and it'll have things that'll tie into, like, the fans of the franchise. But you can start fresh, which is nice.
0: I'm with you. I guess uh, we are officially out of time. We probably ran a little bit over, but... uh... I guess thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll see you all again with uh, a new releases list maybe next month. We'll see. All right. Catch you later. Sick of
1: being upsold at gyms?